welcome, welcome to the Rhythm and Love podcast. I'm your co-host, Melvin. And I'm your other co-host, Nick. Thanks for checking out the show, everyone. Melvin, hi. Hi. What's up, pal? It's been a while. It's been a while, buddy. It yes. It's been a while. We recorded a bunch of these in a row. Then we kind of backlogged on them. And then we're like, we're good. We can post them. Yeah. And then we just, uh, you know... Just took our time, lived lives, lived our yes. lives. Yes. Some other things took over for sure. Yep, 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 yep. But that's how it is. That's it. You know, sometimes yeah. you just gotta, you gotta go with the flow. Do the responsible thing. Mm-hmm. But you also gotta have fun. Yep. Gotta, have, gotta find time for yourself. Yeah. Uh, what have you done lately that's been fun for you? Mm. Well, I have been having fun, but I was pretty busy over those last week. I was working on a t-shirt order for a festival called Shake the Lake. So that was 700 prints. Front and Jeez. back! Front and back. Side, side to side? Uh, no, just front and back. Uh, okay. So it was good. It was, uh, it was good. You know, I learned a lot about screen printing again. I felt like I relearned some old tricks and stuff. Um so it was uh quite wonderful is that your biggest order you've ever done yes yeah that's insane yeah that's a lot of t-shirts it was not a whole lot of uh it was pretty short notice but like in a chill way yeah Um, but so yeah it was it was fun was it like a difficult design to lay out or was it pretty uh it was pretty basic it was three colors okay so yeah um yeah. Uh, how about you? Uh, life has been excellent. Nice. It's been great. I've just, you know, it's like it's the end of summer almost. Well, pretty much is. And, you know, you're still like you're still seeing people. If people you haven't seen in a while, you're just like, oh, this is so great. Like, it's been a while. How have you been? Um, wow. It's been a while <laughs> since I'm gone. <laughs> forget the rest of it now but i mean who can remember stain lyrics let's just be honest yeah yeah um uh i've recently been doing this uh little instagram poll on my stories yeah you haven't been voted i've noticed but you've been looking at them and i'm like oh and yeah i just pretty much put up like eight songs from an artist and then i'm like What's everyone's favorite song by that kind of thing? Just sort of a, uh, just you know, it's little, little like five minutes to do. Yeah. And like I get tons of messages from people that they're like, "How can such and such beat this song?" And like, "Wow, how dare you put this song up against this one? I can't decide." Oh, nice. Um, and like I got a message from my friend Shana last night who was just like, "I can't decide. I'm making my kids pick." <laughs> And she made her kids pick, and then her kids picked currently the one that's losing. Um, So I messaged her. I'm like, well, your kids are failures. And she's just like, not my kids. (laughs) Not mine. So, yeah, it's just a lot of fun. It's just, you know, gives people something to do, and people seem to be coming back every day, and they're passionate for their, their... they're song to win kind of thing. So dude, yeah, that's actually pretty sick. That's actually a good idea. Yeah. And you get to talk with some friends you might have not talked with in a while. 
Oh yeah. And like I'm a sucker. I'm a sucker for brackets and like stats. Okay. So I love I love going through and just being like, oh, this song's winning. And then like a few hours later, it, the other one's now winning. And I'm like, it's exciting for me at least. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. You're an analytics guy. Uh, I it, I mm, I don't know if I am. I mean, I like it and I love, you know, bar graphs and pie graphs. Yeah. And, you know, uh, scattered line graphs. Is that what it's called? Scattered line? I think I don't even know what they're called. So I can't really be an analytic guy if I don't know what it's called. I just like it. (laughs) Um, Speaking of people who like what they do, Mm. our guest this week. Wow. We just found a segue, gentlemen and ladies, ladies and gentlemen. What a segue. Not planned at all. Not planned at all. That's why we're so happy that it worked. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I got to bring attention to it. But anyways, um, yeah. You brought attention because you didn't know this was happening. I didn't know it was happening. It's pretty crazy. No. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yes, this week's guest, we've got Dan Broadback. Um, So... You've heard Jordan talk about him in his episode, if you listen to that one. Um, so I thought it was nice to reach out and talk to Dan and talk a little bit more about the AMIA program that is available for, you know, learning. Um, so it's a great program. Uh, Dan talks a lot about teaching there. He's, you know, he was a co- he's a coordinator there um, for the MIA program. And uh, he's also a pretty... Uh, well-known producer actually Nick, why don't you- yeah he's i mean like you know he's he's won junos been yeah. nominated for a grammy uh he's yeah. a mixer engineer yeah. uh all basically here in london yeah and he talks about some of the artists he got to work with and how you know he got to see the change of technology of you know and we talked about about it and you know i had the record label was going to send the band for three months to london with all their equipment to record right. versus nowadays where it's just like, Hey, we're going to patch you into our patch board <laughs> and uh, you're going to control everything uh, here in California. Yeah. Literally from his computer. Well, you're in, you're in your home computer in London. That's insane. Man. I also, I want to give, Oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, yeah, technology is like really advancing in the recording world. Um, and it's, it's making things a lot easier for, you know, not all the time bands live in the same city. So, um, mm-hmm. it's easier for everyone to still be involved. You know, I mean, bands from the same city, your center is out in BC. Yeah. Yeah. So you know what it's like when it's trying to, you know, have weekly meetings or trying to practice. Yeah, exactly. So the struggle is real. And we, yeah, we all adapt. And I think COVID really pushed that, uh, mm-hmm. like yeah, everyone kind of had to pick up on it. So, which is cool. 100%. Uh, I want to give a quick warning to our, our listeners. Um, get your comfy pants on, because this is a long one. Or I hope you get a lot. Yeah, or you drive back from a cottage, maybe. Yep. Um, Pour yourself a big drink. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, because you know, you know what? That's not a bad thing. No. It's great. Yeah. It's just, you're going to get a bunch of knowledge thrown at you. It's fantastic. It's great. And um, yeah, no, Dan was such a great guest. And I could like, 
I want to go to his lectures just to see how he works. Yeah, yeah, totally. And like, honestly, I love it when they talk a lot, especially like Dan. Like, it's just so interesting the whole time just listening to him talk. And we probably could have kept going on for another half hour, but we're all getting pretty tired. We're not oh, at probably Rogan level yet. <laughs> Well, we also record this later in the day. I mean, Joe, you know, puts horse in serum into him now, so he can, he can go all day. Yeah, if you're uh, just about to head home from a nice long cottage weekend. Or you decided to take an extra week off because you didn't want summer to end. Grab yourself another drink and enjoy the show. Enjoy the show, everyone. go so what have um what have you really been up to this summer wow i didn't even know there was a summer um <laughs> it, to be totally honest like I'm, I'm i'm working on a project i i know this sounds i've never said this in my life so and it sounds kind of cliche but i'm actually not i'm contractually not allowed to talk about it no i'm not way. i'm not pulling like a, a bs thing here i'm like I, I don't i'm not like you know gonna be announcing something cool soon i'm not that person i'm too old for that um and but it's taken up a lot of time it's also made me buy new gear and change like a little bit of the way i've worked out of my house and mixed and stuff like that speakers gear analog equipment so just a bunch of stuff that's just kind of changed a little um yeah. for that purpose because financially it'll allow me to um nice. it, it allowed me to so um that's honestly since about the end uh, middle of april um, which wow. is around when school school was ending, I started kind of picking away at this project and getting started on it and working on it myself, plus collecting parts from other people, a um, couple people around the world, actually. So wow. it's actually been, but that's also in bits and pieces too. So it's, um, and a lot of mixing. Um, yeah. And uh, m like mostly just because, you know, getting out and producing a band isn't, I shouldn't say it's not, you know, we, things have been open, but it's been yeah. sort of up, down, up, down. So, um, and you know, with this work I do at school and stuff like that, um, it's, I, I do a lot of mixing. Plus the fact that of course I've been doing this for about 35 years. So, wow. um, there's a little less, a tiny little, to be totally honest, probably a little less excitement to be in a, I'm not joking. I mean, it's, it's yeah. true. Being in a room with, um, people trying to get a performance out of somebody, which I love to do, yeah. but it's gotta be a pretty special thing that I'm like dying to do kind of thing. So, and it's wow. been that way for a few, few years now. So, um, but this thing I'm doing, I'm loving and, and a few people I've worked with over the years on and off. And then people I've never met in my life, just sending me stuff to mix. So it's kind of a mishmash of stuff and a lot of fun, but you know, with the school thing last year being online, mostly not all. Yeah. But yep. if you weren't teaching, they didn't want you there kind of thing. So a, a lot of time at home. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. That must be it, nice. It, 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 it was cool, except, you know, I'm pretty social. So people coming in and, you know, knocking on the office door and sometimes they're just, hey, have you heard the song? Or they want to play me their new stuff or they want to oh, well. know how to get a sound in a mix or they want, you know, all that kind of stuff. They, they had to book a meeting with me on Zoom. 
So, you know what I mean? Because you can't sit in the room in a tiny little office at the school. So it, 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 it was, it's just been a little weird, obviously like for everybody. But um, at first it was like, Oh man, this is great. I come, I go to the school for like an hour on Monday and Tuesday. That's it. (laughs) Whip home as fast as I can do a lecture online, which were awesome. And I'm going to keep doing them that way. Even when stuff goes back to normal. No Um, way. Yeah. I mean, I could, I was going up and grabbing a guitar, playing something and saying, Oh, what about this, this, and pulling up any song I can. Cause I'm here in my place. Right. Right. Yeah. Where right, I, yeah. I can't do that. Um, at, at the school necessarily, I'd have to, I, we've got all that gear there, but I'd have to kind of prep it a little more. So, right, yeah, totally. um, yeah. and it, it's kind of weird, you know, you, you get people like in the situation, people got so used to it that for some reason people are more comfortable talking, um, yeah. asking questions and stuff. Um, um, even like little joke stuff in the side in the chat and stuff when oh, right. yeah, people, yeah, people, yeah. it would look kind of rude if they talk to each other or, yeah, yeah. You, you know, so, but if they type some joke, I can see it's a joke and I'm like laughing along with it and making, so the in, interactions and, 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 you know, it's been cool. Like it yeah. was cool that way, but it also kind of showed me doing music stuff. Um, I've done a few sessions this year, like, um, a couple of them for, before them engineering them like as in running their pro tools rig in california from here wow. two sessions one was george lynch like from lynch mob and Dokken, as in like like late 70s early 80s guitar hero yeah, george lynch band. yeah yeah who's a ama- and george is still amazing an amazing dude he plays like 400 bands or something but um <laughs> so he, he was in his place and i'm recording him and i'm running his rig um, right. so the sessions were sent to him. So I'm run- he's mic'd it up, but I'm running his rig that's at his house, but I'm so, you know, it gets a little complicated, but we were forced to do that stuff because for obvious reasons, but the school year, I'm like, I'm going to need to be playing people, high quality audio, right? They're going to have to hear what I'm talking about. I'm going to be have to talk to them. Like it's, it gets pretty complicated to be honest, like looking, listening, playing good quality audio, my microphone, like it's, 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 it can get a little out of hand. So it was like, um, that kind of ended up prepping me for doing sessions like that online. And and now, you know, I would get like eight emails back and forth to, to, to finish up a mix, do a mix. Okay. Sounds great. But snare drum up this down reverb down here two thirteen. the guitar has got to come in. It's just easier to sit like this and then I'm playing it and people are sitting in their own room hearing the full, a full quality mix yeah. while I'm, are you serious? Yeah. Well, that's what like the, the band. New- yeah. As you're changing, yeah. they're hearing it in their room. Yeah, right. And they're, they're used to their room. Right. So it, um, wow. the band new, new friends who are awesome. I taught all, all the, all four guys and um, really, really, really great. Um, they've, They've, um, I set them up last year with Luke Rose from Ivory Hours and Luke's co-written and produced. I was just like, he's the right, like I was, they asked me and stuff and I'm like, he's the right dude for this. Like it would be like a perfect match, which it turned out that it is. Um, and I'm mixing their stuff and it's so fun and it's really cool, but it's one, probably two hour session to yeah, sit yeah. down yeah. and like, I'm talking stupid detail, like detail <laughs> that if you were emailing back and forth, you'd go, ah, it's not worth it. Yeah. But yeah, when, when you're like, yeah, that right there. Okay. I turn that up like one DB, like dumb stuff that probably doesn't matter, but it makes us all feel good about ourselves yes, when we're yeah, done, yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. you know? And so it's kind of weird because I, 
mix. I prefer to mix alone. Yeah, um, never to be totally honest, never really, even when I did it on a big console in the studio, I tell people to show up at like four o'clock because you're just going to watch me like EQ a kick drum for a, an hour or then something's going to sound kind of bad before it sounds good. And yeah, right. so right. Uh, it's just like, this has been cool because I do it myself, send it off to them and they're like, okay, give us a couple of days. We'll get all our like notes together. And then we just sit like this. And I mean, it gets a little clumsy because they're hearing it through speakers and then it comes back through Zoom. So it's like, you know, when I press play here, everybody's got a mute. Like, you know, I'll I'll get that part down a little probably smoother or somebody will, um, you know, like yeah, 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 people that yeah. make this stuff. But um, so it's been actually kind of good um, in a way because I, you know, work with a lot of people that are, I mean, most, most people I work with aren't from london area um yeah that's amazing so it's it's like pretty cool to be able to get on and that's a really really long friggin' answer to what have you been up to just letting you know um, <laughs> no, I, I love it and it actually sparked some some questions um so let's let's just highlight that last little piece there where you said you're not really working with a lot of people from london which yep. is amazing so somebody who is trying to get into the game as an audio engineer or producer, like what have you been doing that has, you know, expanded your reach outside of London? You know, you're it, working with George Lynch, like how does that happen? It's really, it's honestly, most of it's just years. That's all it is. This is like, again, I think this is my 35th year doing this professionally. I started this when I was getting paid for this when I was 18. Is that 34? something like that, 35 years this year. So that's like, um, obviously everybody at the beginning was from London. The thing that made it not be was, uh, around 2000, um, starting to work with, I mean, before that I worked with Canadian labels, some bands that did really well in Canada and stuff. And those things kind of stick around for, uh, you know, in people's heads for a little bit, but around 2000 doing a record for, RCA out of New York. And that's just a guy who believed in me. I mean, we're seriously, David Bendith, who's did Paramore and excuse me, David Bendith. Yeah. Who, uh, <laughs> that's who, uh, got you the gig. Well, yeah, cool. He was an A&R guy at, at RCA. So and he's, he was Canadian. So, um, uh, well, born in England actually, but grew up with Garth Richardson. Um, yeah, Garth Richardson, like wow. literally little kids running around back and forth their houses, like knew him that well. So, wow. Um, David signed a band, they were called bomb 32 at the time, but ended up being called headstrong, um, headstrong. after the deal and stuff. Okay, yeah. So we got, um, I did their demos for years and they came to me because of a, of a London band I did that called the Gandarvas in the nineties that did really well. Okay, so it's wow. just kind of weird how that works. And then I was doing their demos. So he, he ends up calling me in the middle of the session around sometime in, in 2000 and was like, um, this is David Bendith. Uh, you know, do, do you know who I am? Kind of thing. So I just, um, I held, I had a band in and I, I just told them to leave. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They went, what? I went leave, come back tomorrow. Please. And I know who it is. I won't say who it is. Cause they, I told them, I'm like, this is positive. This is all good for everybody, but just, you gotta get out of here. I gotta talk to this guy. And, uh, we, we, um, he said that he thought that I had a lot to do with the sound of the band. Now that doesn't happen. Right. So, um, it, it's always kind of weird when you end up in a situation where 
you know, people always want to move on to the big producer or we're going to go with that guy because whatever reason I've worked with the band. So the record company kind of had to tell the band that were friends of mine that they wanted me to do the record, not the other way around. So he's like, I want this guy. So they gave me three songs and said, you know, listen, if we'll, everybody gets full rate, whatever, it's, it's not like I'm specking it for free. Right. Do this. And, uh, it'll be, um, if you know, we like it, you'll do the record. So I did, I sent like halfway through like one song, it's in a rough mix. And it was like, yeah, you're doing the record. Like he, it, he, it, we, Perfect. I mean, I knew the band really well, we hit it off, but it was a matter of everybody proving it to everybody. Right. So, but that just starts like a chain reaction, right? So then, uh, literally the A&R guy next door to him, like in New York, like literally drywall between him and the other guy, he had, he was making all the American idol records, um, oh, at the wow. time. Um, okay. I mean, that's not, wasn't his passion or anything. That was his freaking job, but he, he no, no, I don't think anybody goes into it to do that. That that's like, like, that's like the craft dinner of music, right? It's not, and it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it, but, um, yeah. and it was actually huge at that time. Right. It, that was when it kind of came out and everything, right, but right. he, um, he was, was a band called clockwise. They're actually called fatter than Albert at the time from Vegas, Nice, um, Love it. which is a wicked name, but rock, probably not a great name for a rock. Like it's a great kind of local bar band name, but right. which is what they were. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it was like, um, I know this guy, have him do it. And so Bendis told this guy, so I get a call now, now I'm doing this band from Vegas, which they flew to London. All their gear was ported to London and, um, to Emac. It was like three, three months. We took a break in the middle of it while Garth and, and Rob did the second kitty record. And I went right back to that. Like, so there's a lot of stuff going on at that time. Wow. Yeah. And, um, so there's a thing that happens when little bits of success like that happen is local people just they stop working with you. They just assume you're too expensive. Well, I was to be totally honest. <laughs> uh, there's not going to be a lot of like local bands that would kick up like 3,500 bucks a song just for me. And then the studio time and that, right, right. So, I mean, clearly you're not going to all of a sudden go back to like, it is a progression you're trying to achieve. Right. 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 Um, um, so, um, but then geez, a, a few more records for them. A, a band, a guy came called Landon Pig, um, really great artist actually, yeah, yeah. which was way more my vibe than, um, like Headstrong, awesome band by the way, kind of a, like a rap rock thing, but okay. lyrically awesome, um, not Limp Bizkit. You know, it was just really like a great band. Um, um, uh, Clockwise was more just kind of like a rock band, which is more my thing. But, um, the Landon pig thing was more hard to explain what it's like. He's a great artist. Um, yeah. And, uh, so that was odd that they hired me to do that because I think they knew what I really did. So that was the same guy who did the clockwise bands, the band and stuff like that. So, um, things just kind of just go from there. I did a few development yeah. projects for them and, um, that didn't get signed or that did get signed, but got dropped, which is probably more common than people even putting on a record really. I mean, Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. so about 2003, I got a call to work with Dolores O'Riordan from the Cranberries for, um, it was supposed to be three days worth of work, like programming, meaning like, you know, electronic stuff, making yeah, loops yeah. and doing like that kind of stuff, which I just lied and said I did. 
And, um, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'm an expert. And then, um, yes. I, I, sh- I showed up at, uh, she was working at Metalworks in Toronto at the time. So, um, cause they had worked there a little bit before when they were in Canada, um, because they had a house or like a cottage in near Peterborough. Right. So I went down there and just did what I did, which was literally anything that I wanted to do. And I just figured, I don't even know what she wants from me. So I'm just going to do shit. And if she likes what I did, which wow. she did. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, 13, 12 or 13 years of working for her. And it's wow. not like it was like, um, an exclusive thing or anything, but it was literally at the drop of a hat. And it was before I was working at Fanshawe or around the same time ish within a couple of years, but I was just part-time. So I could, you know, take off and do whatever the hell I wanted basically. And it was like, um, uh, she'd phone and say, what are you doing this weekend? And I'd be like, I apparently I'm going to your place. Right. <laughs> including, by the way, including flying on wow. a Friday night, taking that, um, red eye flight from uh, Toronto, the f- a first class flight, like to Heathrow and then getting there to, to Ireland, which is like a full lie down bed. Like you wake up and it's the next day. It's kind of awesome. Um, wow. I'm not going to lie. If you're going to fly red eye, that's <laughs> how you do it. Ireland. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Yeah. And the first time I did it, uh, first time I did it, I didn't fly first class. Um, but um, they were, they realized it worked out better because they could fly me and I'd wake up and it was, I mean, obviously there were five hours ahead. So it was, yeah. I'd have to get picked up and start working. Wow. Cause we'd work like, I don't know, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And I was teaching in London, Ontario on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> so no honestly, way. I would show back up and be working. And then I flew to LA to work with this other, um, girl who, well, that's where the George Lynch connection comes in. I worked for there for like 10 years now, but right. so, you know, it was honestly, I didn't have a lot of time to do a lot of other stuff. I still owned Emac at the time, okay. which I haven't since like 2008, but okay. I, I was just, you know, you're working there just doing regular stuff any day. And I think that, you know, mixing work and then she'd call and <laughs> she paid well, I'm gonna be honest. Like, yeah. it's just, you know, she, they, she sold 50 million records in her life. So they, that, that, Wow. That's the gift that keeps on giving, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it just kind of worked itself out. And to be totally honest, the first two London bands I did to be so, some of the only London bands that I did, especially production, were Texas King and Ivory Hours. Wow. Um, oddly, I'll be an asshole for a second. Oddly, both got radio play <laughs> when other London bands, and that's not necessarily saying me. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying that I. I you know, I had a standard and we wanted to do it right. That's all. Yeah. yeah. And when you have a standard like that and you kind of know what it takes to make a real record. Yeah. Then yeah. you're not just putting out something that sounds like, uh, that sounds local. So Ivory Hours did not. Um, and it was very shortly after that, that I did the first, um, Texas King record. So it ended up being like, um, and then the second, um, Ivory Hours record. So right. it, it, a few things I did after that London stuff was it was mostly students, like grads wow. who I just loved, like great artists and really good stuff. And I'm like, they need help. I'll help them. Wow. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? I, I mean, they, they would pay me and stuff with their grads, not as students, right. but so it's kind of like, wow, that was 20 years in like five minutes, but um, wow. it's kind of why that happens to be totally honest. So it was right. more like, right. that's that guy who worked with those people 
even though I'm sitting in a basement in Elsa Craig, Ontario, <laughs> 25 minutes northwest of London. Like it's, you know, so it, it it's just kind of a, I don't know if it's a perception. Um, when I got the, um, the Juno for, for Dolores was, which right. was 2010. It was like, I almost wanted to go, you know, it, will anybody in this room hire me now? Or cause Canadian record companies weren't hiring me yet. I was working for American record companies and the second wow. biggest export out of Ireland ever to, next to you two. I'm like, hello, you know, I'm, I'm sitting so right I've here. never really been in that kind of fraternity. Really. I've never, ever, ever been in like that circle. I've never lived in, well, I lived in Toronto when I was like three. Um, <laughs> oh, you but, were networking um, way back. Yeah. I was, I, oh yeah. I was hustling. Um, but <laughs> So hey, it's this is, this is jingle bells on guitar. Yeah. Let, me, let me play it for you. You know what? That's odd. You say that. Cause that's the first song I've ever played in the guitar. Did I tell you that before? Is that you where know, you get that from? Research. Did some research for this beforehand. So. Did you really? Yeah. It's four, 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 seven, oh, two, four. That's like on any fret. <laughs> so my dad taught me that. Uh, we're, we're releasing a special tab with this interview. Uh, check the show yeah. notes. Yeah. <laughs> and since it's all in one string, it works on any string, right? There you go. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you it's got, for that. And then different keys to work with. Exactly. I, and I think it was uh, Johnny B. Good. After that, like all, cause my dad, like obviously being his age was in like music he grew up listening to. So I was, you know, just like if I had a kid that played guitar right now, they'd be listening to what shit that I listened to when I grew up. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. I was playing like, oh, but we got into like dire straits and like really cool. Like at the time yeah. break six or something. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's easy because, you know, if I was an 80, if I started playing like eighties stuff, when I started playing, when I let's say started when I was like 15 instead of six, yeah, I would have probably wanted to learn Steve Vai and that's impossible when you're 14. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. So right. it's kind of cool as a musician to start with, I started with the beginning of rock and roll music and that's not right. because i was some fucking historian <laughs> just like <laughs> that's what was in the house so and and like uh the ventures you know like surf music yeah like yeah. uh single string melodies like it's yeah. super easy to play right yeah but um so i basically started at the beginning kind of and ramped up to music that my friends by the time i was right. a teenager were listening to i was some weird kid that was listening to like the eagles when i was in grade four right shit. right <laughs> like, you know, it's funny that you bring up that one string riff kind of stuff because you know what genre really adopted that especially 2008 2014 that period metalcore yeah. that would be their like verses or that's how they would get to a chorus <sighs> lots of one string riffs but it'd be tuned super low super so yeah was, down to zed yeah yeah so it was super <laughs> heavy i i'm a big fan of the one string riffs but then adding you know the a string after da, 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 oh yeah stuff like that you know, but. <laughs> nice <laughs> one string riff is what a lot of people kind of learn right off the bat it's easy it's just like well like yeah one string this area of the board or the fret and yeah. then like, look, I don't like Tom Morello. You could play like any rage riff. It's all, it's almost all one string and both the bass player and him are playing the same fucking thing all the time. It's two dudes always playing unison and yeah. it's almost all one string. Sometimes they'll play two. It's always open D yeah. it's like, 
it's it's um those are a blast like it's just yeah. it's easy and like aggressive and like heavy. super powerful and heavy oh, even yeah. though it's not super distorted like it's yeah it just got yeah. kind of attitude I've, i'm a big fan of the one string riff <laughs> yeah yeah no they they're super sweet man they're uh they're awesome but okay so you mentioned talking about uh helping that one you got that one gig yeah because the band um the Dave Bendis said that he liked your style and he thought that you had a lot to do with that. What would you say is your style or how do you help the band figure out what the hell to do with their songs in the studio? Because there's, you got pre demo, you got your demo phase and then you got what actually comes out. Yeah. Sometimes like there are people and this is going to, and I don't think it'll piss anybody off. Um, <laughs> in fact, actually Bendis said this to me, he treated everybody the same. Okay. He's like, he wasn't polite to anybody in a studio. I mean, I watched him hitting the guitar player's hand with a drumstick every time he did this one particular motion where he's playing open D riffs. Yeah. And he was like, what are you moving? And Bend is a great guitar player, by the way, and okay. moving his hands too much. Like wow. it, the, you, you can play easier. He's like, every time you do that, I'm going to smack your hand <laughs> with a drumstick. This is a rehearsal in LA. <laughs> At the uh, the rehearsal place where the second Rage record was recorded, and there's like a photo of it, and the yeah. it's all padded walls yep. and shit. It was that place. Wow. And he was, and, but this guitar player loved it. By the way, oh, I'm like he liked it, but the drummer hated that. So my point was, you don't treat everybody the same. You treat people the way you think that you'll get the best out of them. So. Right. I like, Whoa. I do that when I teach, I do that. Right. So some people don't want to be pushed. Um, and don't like it. You, you almost have to get something out of them, um, and make them believe it was their idea. <laughs> Does that make sense? Whoa. Like yeah. not even make it's not that that sounds a little bit too over the top. Like it almost sounds like it's friggin' inception, but it's all. And I know a lot of other people feel this way. It's not, this isn't exclusive yeah, yeah. to me. I, I don't love conflict. I'll deal with it if I have to, I don't care, but I would prefer to avoid it. Yep. So you can kind of, you, what you need to do to me is be able to read people quite quickly. Um, uh, really quickly, actually, and then be able to get figure. Oh, this is that kind of person. And I've screwed that up a million times. I'm not saying I'm, I always get it right, but, um, you know, you start thinking like, if I'm going to laugh at, you know, they do, do a, a bad note and we all laugh. Some people be like, what the hell? You, you don't why like you laughing. Why are you laughing? And they might laugh along, but you've yeah. just taken them down a notch and they're down another notch. And, um, I, I don't lie. I won't, I won't be like, Oh yeah, that was great. When I, when it's terrible, <laughs> um, like it's, Oh yeah, that was fantastic. Do it again or whatever. Cause that doesn't help anybody, but, uh, helping people along like that. Um, mm. the way that you think is going to be the way that you're going to get the best out of them. And the analogy I always use like to students and stuff is we all know how to push your parents' buttons, your girlfriend's buttons, your boyfriend's, you know what to say in order to get the, and it sounds manipulative and it kind of is, except we're looking for the same thing, which is just a great record and nobody's trying to hurt anybody. So it's almost right. like if I say these certain things to these certain people, we're going to get great performances. Um, that's bitten me in the ass before because uh, I did a record is for EMI and um, they thought that I was just too easygoing. 
Wow. And I'm like, you have no idea what I did that you told me I wasn't allowed to do, number one. Oh, wow. And what we made the record sound like that you told me wasn't going to sound like that. And I'm like, I just have to snicker because I'm like, I loved what we did. You loved what we did. And I think, did you expect I was going to like, you know, stand there with a whip or something or yeah, scream yeah. and call you an idiot and say, you can't write songs or no, that's wrong. You have to do it my way. And some people, first of all, don't need that. Yeah. Um, they just need to be recorded and presented correctly and other people I've had to play every single instrument and I've written all the songs. So it wow. just depends on with Dolores. I was, I was writing, I was playing guitar, I was playing bass. I was playing keyboards. I was writing string arrangements, wow. um, sometimes singing back up and stuff. I wasn't playing drums. Um, cause I can't. Um, so, and, and that's not just cause I'm a control. Well, I am a control freak, but it's not why if I don't think I'm the right person to play that kind of part, I'm not going to play that part. I, I, right. I, I'm going to get somebody who should play that part or whatever, but, um, it's, so it's, it, it's, it's, you can get something out of somebody without, you know, everybody's different and every person's different. So I don't actually act the same. I'm the same in the, like the personality department, but some people right. need a different style of person talking to them. So, right. um, some people you, and you also know that they know what they want. They're absolutely positive. I mean, Luke from, from ivory hours. Yeah. He's a genius. He knows exactly what he wants. He's, he's going to ask for help when he needs it. Yeah. And he's going to ask for an opinion, but I'm not going to stand there and tell him what guitar parts to play. That's just stupid because he knows what guitar wow. parts I could say not that one or could lay out there or once you come in this part or let's change that tone of course but there are certain people that you're just like I just have to make sure to not screw this up um yeah. or uh, uh Dolores said something in the Globe and Mail once uh, there was an interview uh, I think it was her oh that was her second second record and she said she really liked working with me because it was like I wasn't even there <laughs> and I'm like it's like the highest compliment yeah. Because she was not, she was um, resistant to changing things that she created. Wow. So if okay. I changed it, I, it was kind of not Back. for me to talk about. So I would just rewrite the whole verse. Um, and she'd wow. be like, wow, that sounds a little different. So yeah, I just moved a couple of notes around. And I'm like, I wrote the fucking verse. <laughs> it's just easier if I just, because I just wanted it really, really good. And yeah. I knew, and if she liked, if she didn't like it, I knew I was wrong. If she did like it, I just keep my mouth shut. It's not my place to be like, guess what? I did that. It's not, that's not why I was there. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and that, like I said, that's bitten me in the, in the ass before, because it could look like you're just not doing anything. You're not, I shouldn't say you're not doing anything, but you're, you're I'm not some sort of a taskmaster. I, 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 you know, do you know what I mean by that? And some people really are, and they're really like play this note this way, do this. And I'm like, I'm not really too interested in that to be totally honest as, as a yeah. person to work with. I would rather work with people that have a character and you're just trying to bring it out the best. Holy um, shit. so, and, and again, the Dolores thing that, 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 that really, um, spoiled me when you work with somebody for that long, that's first of all, really successful and has not no care in the world about selling anything or who's yeah. going to buy it or who's going to like it. She just wanted to know that we liked it. That's, yeah. that's a little hard to go back to thinking about your target audience and what kind of, what are the kids doing these days? And well, we have to put this down cause we got to get mm -hmm. to the chorus and I don't care. 
I just want a good song I'm going to really like. So, uh, uh, yeah, and I got goosebumps uh, right now. I love that. <laughs> well, love it's that. true though. Like, I mean, I, 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 for so long, I've, you, you, especially working for the record companies, I'm like, oh, like, I hope they like this. Like, cause yeah. they hired me to produce it, but I'm, I'm getting paid by them. So it's terrifying. Right. Yeah. yeah. But so that's a lot of approval going down, but there's not when it's with her. It's just like, she was just like, I don't like this one. Okay. What do you want to change? Nah, let's just move on to something else. Wow. <laughs> it was just like, I love that. nothing yeah. happened. Well, not- that song's gone now. That's it's dead to me. Let's move on. Which <laughs> is just like, so that seeing that, but she was always that way. Like literally when she was 18 and got signed that way, wow. you know, never edited a song. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. so zombie you're supposed, is well, well, the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the first single I think was, uh, dreams which has been licensed like over 300 and something times right so <laughs> um, you'd know the song um you'd know the song i played it to you which one it was and um uh they were like well we should like cut this down she's like well but why you said it was a single yeah it is but to play in the radio we'll edit well then pick a different song if you don't like that one no we like it but we want to edit it well then you don't like it i don't understand pick a different wow. song it was just innocence it's just yeah. like <laughs> literally totally naive thinking but i thought you liked us if you like us put that out that's what we do wow. like that that's just literally the most innocent naive way of which is amazing yes, way to is. look at the whole thing so um when you get spoiled for like 12 straight years <laughs> working with somebody <laughs> that pays you better than anybody's ever paid you yeah, treats yeah. you like a yeah. king and become like super close friends and friends of the family and stuff and then i'm gonna go back and i'm gonna all of a sudden start thinking a different way i no. So that, it, it goes to show too, like why she kept coming back to you, right? There's a reason why she for 12 years I'm gonna work with Dan. Yeah. That is the biggest compliment that I've and she never well, she would say, of course, but I mean that um when somebody works with you again, yeah. There, there's no other compliment that that's what what else is there? You don't, don't right, you're, right, yeah. You're not looking, you're not going to get a pat in the back. You're not going to get like, oh, hi, you're really, really good. Can you, we work with you again? It's just like, if they're like, hey man, we're going to want, we're going to do this, you know, well, let's listen to the songs. You're like, great. And that that's the thing you get that and the credit that's, you're totally, supposed to yeah. be happy with those things. And you got paid like that's, that's all the stuff, right? That's all you need. So, yeah. Well, yeah. If you're seeking out like approval, you're not going to get it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you talk about, you know, getting, you know, the callback from Dolores and other artists. Now, what about like, you know, the Grammy nomination and like winning the Juno? Like, how did like, how are you like those regards? Like, how did you take those when you got the news? Exactly how you'd think I'd take them. Cause um, the, the whole, I don't care about awards thing is crap. Like to me, it is. Wow. I, I, of course I care about it. Um, obviously there might be some I would care about less. I, uh, honestly um but um if a, a juno award is a national award um i was very proud no, of that wasn't hiring you know yeah. yes <laughs> I, and they were all confused as to how i was even working with this woman which is which i loved um and there was no there was no record company it was just her and i um and uh, I was always a bit of an outsider and I still am, even though I know those people, they know me. I'm always uh, uh, just not in that club, I guess. I, I don't know. I, I, I like it too. So it's fine. Um, but it, it's, 
Um, where the hell were we talking about? I, I'm completely lost my train of thought. Juno Awards and like the Grammy. Oh yeah, like yeah. it's of course it's va- like it's validation, um, but it's something I like. It's I loved. I submitted it. I nobody's like the. It was distributed by Universal in Canada. I had to phone her manager in New York, Danny Goldberg, who phoned. Uh, who was like Nirvana's manager, and shit. Oh <laughs> which is always weird. Um, oddly, he managed, he had a record company that had Kitty, which was okay. really weird because oh. I didn't even know him then. And they, they recorded in London. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, he called Universal Canada. So I ended up getting CDs sent to me to, at that time, CDs to send to the, to the Junos for judging wow. um, by Universal Canada. I could have just phoned Universal Canada, but they didn't put it in. I did. So wow. at the last minute, I was like, I think I should submit this. I'm really proud of this. So yeah. I submitted it and then it was judged in one. Right. So it's kind of like, even then I had to do that for myself. <laughs> it was kind of like, <laughs> um, so, uh, and the, the, the Grammy thing, I mean, I didn't expect to win the Juno. I, I'm going to be completely honest. I, I, I was looking at those, whoever did the first Arkells record, I forget. I know who mixed it, but I forget the, producer and i loved the sound of that record loved it square um pardon me jackson square yes yeah um and then what was the other one oh a blue rodeo record um and then two other and i forget those guys names i forget forgive me but those two guys i forget but then the other two guys were john bailey who's been nominated like a bazillion times um and won i think three or four times and De- Dennis wow. Tugas, who's already won, and both guys were friends of mine. And I'm like, I'm not beating these two guys, and I'm not beating those two records, the other two records. There's just no way. So I actually, my, my wife was recording on the phone, and when he said Dan Broadbeck, I went, oh, son of a bitch, instead of, <laughs> that's all I said. <laughs> I didn't hug anybody. I didn't, it was just all, it was pretty confusing almost, like yeah, really yeah. surreal, and I'm not kidding. Um, the, so, when we get to the um, 2020 Grammys, which of course I was thinking, this is my year. And it's like two months later, the whole bloody world goes to shit and it's never come back. Um, <laughs> seriously. It's like, um, yeah. And I was like, uh, I actually ex- thought I expected it. I thought we'd win. I mean, the, oh. I, if we didn't win, I thought it was going to be cage the elephant. And it was because they're great. And it's a great record. And I'm like, if we don't win, it's, it's probably going to be them. Um, I think they thought they were going to, too, just because Dolores had passed away and it was their last record ever, et cetera. Right. So, um, but uh, that I was with a student listening to a song or something. And I got a text that pointed up that, sh- that popped up from Raven, who I worked with in, in LA. And she happened to be, I think she saw it on Twitter. She's okay. like, dude, I think you just got nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> No way. And I'm like, yeah. I looked at this kid, Ilya, this Ukrainian uh, student. I know him actually. Ilya, he's a great kid. Yes, uh, un- yeah. And very serious. Yes, very serious. <laughs> very unreal, <laughs> talented kid, super hardworking. Um, and he was like, what? I was like, I, I, I hold on a second. So um, first I had to, f- to, to make sure that when a, like it was rock record, rock album of the year. So okay. in, in, in America or in Grammys, when the um, album gets nominated, everybody on it to a certain level is. And I played on it, engineered on it, wrote a song on it. Wow. Um, 
So, and you have to be on 50% or more kind of thing. So I, I was like, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm eligible to be like me and the band and the other, other guy that completed the record with the stuff I started, et cetera. Mastering engineer, we, you all win. Wow. Um, yeah. Whereas we can't do that in Canada because, you know, it could be a Canadian artist, but everybody else is American and you can't just have Chris Lord Algae or somebody continuously winning engineering um, Juno. Some Canadians don't. So right. it's it, it, with the Juno one here, it's like I won that. Um, Matt assisted me. Matt did not. Um, Dolores did not. Oh, no. The mastering engineer did not. I did. Like it's a name. Whereas in America, it's more fair, the, the Grammy way, because everybody's involved wins. Um, right. But we just can't do that here because we're a smaller market, et cetera. But yeah, that yeah. thing, that was like, it, honestly, everybody says the surreal thing, but when you're sitting there, you know, in that chair and that, that's just weird, you know, looking yeah. around and seeing those people go up there. It's like, it's just like, why am I here? I've been fooling people for 30 years, <laughs> still <laughs> fooling people. <laughs> you know, that's a little impossible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the band that well. So, right. cause all of that material was me and her and they took wow. it and replaced some stuff on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's to varying degrees. And some of it was just there. It's like not, not all of it that way, but the majority of it was stuff I did. Um, yeah. So, um, and they kind of took the hard drive, had the hard drive and they kind of just added their own thing to it and released it that way. Yeah. yeah. So I I've talked to them a little over the years and I, I mean, I'm on three cranberries records cause they were using stuff I did and sending them parts I did and all that kind of stuff. Crazy. But never sat in the room with them ever, ever wow. just her. <laughs> so it's kind of strange. <laughs> It's yeah. uh, it's crazier that that was happening. That would have been what a few like 10, 15 years ago, and how much more of that we're gonna see. Like you know, you working with George Lynch and taking control yeah. of his computer from here. Um, yeah. We worked with a we had another guy on the show, and um, he did a song with Mark Hoppus, and so we were asking like, oh, what was it like working with Mark Hoppus? And um, we we both couldn't believe we we're asking the question. It felt weird. It was like we're actually going to get an answer for them. Um, yeah. <laughs> but he was like, never met him. We yeah. did it over Zoom, yeah. just like this. He sung the melody. I said I didn't like it. And he changed it, and then that's how they did their session. That's it. It's so weird, and in a, yeah. in some ways, it's a bit of a shame, of course, because. The interaction with two people is awesome or far four people, whatever. When you're sitting there and ideas happen, um, you know, um, like the, the Texas King record I did and I'm on the floor turning pedals as Jordan's playing like that doesn't happen when you're not in the room. So it's more like, yes, I like that part. I approve. It's not it's it's great in the other way, though, because I can work with people that I never would work with like i you know um there's another guy in in la i work for that's in a band called steelheart okay you know uh the movie rockstar with um, um mark Wahlberg. yeah and he's yeah. becomes the singer of yeah. the voice is this guy um oh no and way. he was in a yeah and it's quite a, a huge six couple, a couple of very successful songs one of them is this song standing up and shout which is in the movie right okay and yeah. he wasn't allowed to tell anybody that that was him because no. he, he had to yeah that where people were supposed to believe it was yeah yeah Mark. um <laughs> but that was a connection through a connection through a connection and he was being managed by this guy and i mean i'm still working with this guy and wow. it's been 
oh God, it's been well over 10 years. Um, and I've only sat in the room with him once. Right. Like, so, um, it, it's, it can be a little bit annoying because, you know, two people sitting there get stuff gets done quicker, et cetera. But, you know, and I mean, there's, it's pretty neat because I'm like, he's like, I need somebody to play a guitar solo in this. I want a name guy. I've actually asked Steve Vai and we with blah, blah, blah. And, I've asked, and, and I said, what about George Lynch? And he's like, well, me and George, actually, George wanted me to sing in, in Lynch mob while we were opening for them in like the late eighties or in early nineties, I was like, dude, I'm in a band. We're opening for you. I can't. <laughs> so, but then of course it's kind of weird. Like, and I worked with George and I worked with this guy, Mealy and, and, I'm, and we're talking about him suggesting what George would be great on the song. And then all of a sudden I'm looking at Instagram and there's the two of them standing there backstage just like two weeks ago. Yeah. Like it's, I think no with eighties LA eighties and nineties LA stuff, there's like, 14 people and they were all just indifferent like with whether it was motley crew to like they're they're all connected to they're all the same group of people they all knew each other because they all were like 20 something years old and just massively successful but all out of one city right yeah so yeah. it just makes the world that much smaller yeah totally. um, um because the last stuff with george george just played some parts that i i was playing and then he was going to play guitar on this so he was just playing my parts right right um That's but i cool. just I, yeah, it was amazing and i was like he got actually he got pissed off at one point because he couldn't play the parts so what does this guy have six fucking fingers i guess <laughs> he said um, but it's because it's not it's because if you write the part I mean, you'd know the same thing too, playing drums. If you wrote the part, it's easy. Yeah. It's not at first, but when you finally get it, it's a weird thing. It's a, it's an unnatural thing for somebody else to play. Yeah. So if it would have been me showing him, he would have went, ah, but I couldn't because yeah. this was like a few years earlier and this technology was not quite like it is now. Yeah. So this was cooler because I was literally like looking at my PC here arming and uh, tracks and creating new tracks on his computer oh, as he insane. sat in front of it, which is, yeah. um, luckily it worked well. Cause I've had some of those sessions go kind of clunky and uncomfortable and like techno technology doesn't work right. And some people don't like, you it. know, I press play and it, it's like waiting and waiting and <laughs> then it plays and like it, it can be, but it's yeah. still amazing because I mean, we can do it. It's yeah, yeah. work with people that you've never met. We had um, uh, a kind of a funny incident with that. Colin had to do some backup harmonies in a session like that. Yeah. So, yeah, the one guy obviously had control of his computer and they're like, okay, we're going to take a quick 20 minute break. Colin's like, okay, sweet, sweet. So he walks away from his computer, leaves the mic on and starts singing this dumb, inappropriate song. And then Jordan calls him. He's like, Colin, you left your mic on. Oh, no. <laughs> I wish I could say what it what he was. It's hilarious to me. And if he's listening, it's hilarious yeah. to him, too. Now it's Now it's <laughs> But, um, yeah, so we got to be careful of that. But um, that is what... You know, you press the talk back mic in a studio and I've, I tell every band I've ever worked with, I'm pressing the button down the second somebody stops playing or singing. So don't say shit like, I don't know if he's going to get this today because the button will be down. Like, yeah, because there's nothing more uncomfortable than you sitting on the floor going, 
what, what's they're talking. Why? What, you know what I mean? Like you're on the other side. Yeah, I hate that. Yeah. So it keeps everybody involved. So that uh, I have had that happen. I've had somebody in the band say something while somebody's in the floor. And I'm like, I told you, man, I have the button down oh always. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> amazing. One of the worst I got me and Phil, we were tracking bass and drums and you just heard, uh, be like, okay, hold on. We're just going to listen to something. And then you hear chatter. We're going to do it again from the top, but like no yeah. direction of what to do yet. We're like, okay, we'll do it again. And, uh, eventually we just went with the first take. They're like, actually, I think we got it. So it's like, okay, sick. And that's good. And you know what? If there was nothing to say, just want to see if somebody's going to get it. There's nothing wrong with doing that. Right. Yeah. Of course, if, if you, yeah. there's no real direction, there's no real direction. And sometimes there isn't. The only problem is sometimes people are afraid of giving direction. So, um, they don't know what to say and it's a lot easier to edit and to comp than it is to get it out of a person. So if somebody's not singing well or playing well, it's harder to go out in the floor and say, no, it's like this. And I've done it myself. I had to walk out, stand in the middle of the floor and say, you play this. Let's okay. Let's go play the chorus. Let's go, 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 go. And if you need to, if you yeah, don't yeah. need to stay the hell out of the way and just let the process happen or whatever. But yeah, it's, Man, I, I, I tell people all the time and I'm like, what do you, that's the only way you're going to get a performance. It's a person, yeah. right? It's so satisfying when you know that you helped get that out of that person, right? You don't have to tell anybody and they're not going to probably even know, but you know, like, man, I, I helped do that. Uh, you know, when you listen back, you can listen to it and go, they sang like that that day and I was in the room. So I didn't hinder it. Like I wow. probably helped that happen, yeah, yeah. which it's cool, man. That's, that's what we do it yeah, for. Totally. Mm. That's a great feeling. Let's, um, let's dive a bit into uh, how you became like, got the job at Fanshawe. So you said you started there part-time, now you're full-time. Yep. So like what sort of like... Also coordinator us? now. Yeah. Which is like, I know. God. <laughs> <laughs> That's why there's gray hair coming in. <laughs> the MIA program is such a um, hard program to get into or it's like very popular, right? Yep. Yeah. So yeah. tell us like what do you kind of expect from students like when they come into this program or what do you expect for them to kind of take away from it? Um, to be completely honest, whatever they feel like taking out of it, because everybody's different. So wow. when you're teaching somebody recording, engineering, production, helping with songwriting, some people for performance, some people just to, some people are just getting great connections and a good like start to their career. God, we've got, you know, you look at guys like George Sierra, engineered engineer for Sean Mendez and friggin' James Bay and Taylor Swift and graduated wow. in like 99 or something like that. George is an awesome person, first of all, um, and a great engineer, super hardworking. So you got guys like him who are making giant records like that. And then the same year at when I was teaching, you had Jordan McDonald and Havaya Mighty. And you're like, they don't want to be engineers. I was teaching engineering. No, I taught product. No, I was teaching engineering that year. It was my, my first year full-time. So teaching Jordan. So it was like, Jordan didn't want to do that. I knew that he liked it. Like he liked yeah. being there to hear about the stuff. But you know, when somebody else is doing your projects, you probably don't want to do right. Um, right. I joke. I, I, I told him that one day, I think it was the Jack Richardson music awards. 
I said, oh, they should have just done what you did and just paid people to do their projects. And his face went white. I'm like, what do you think? I'm stupid. Um, <laughs> um, I even I remember the guy who did his stuff um, and he didn't know that for like six years after um, that you knew. And uh, oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, if you can't prove anything, you can't prove anything. But I knew. Um, right. So but you look at somebody like Havaya and you're like, what's the big takeaway? And it's like um, getting a that you're like launched, basically based like it's a confidence first of all um obviously the audio part like understanding all the gear and all that stuff and how things should sound and stuff her performance was always amazing um oh, we didn't yeah. teach her how to do that she just did that huh. um but her you know it's like networking connections all that that's kind of stuff that came out so you've got um people like jordan you got people like her that were there to to perform and get a sense of the entire business. Right. And yeah. then you got people who are like, I want to mix records. Like Phil was an unbelievably great engineer still is, but yeah. so not too many people get a hundred percent on their second year practical. Right. So, yeah, uh, buddy. Yeah, one, one, one of the props comes in, he's like going to come in and bug him. Jo Joe Vaughn, who worked with them at EMAC. Right. So Joe comes in to bug him <laughs> and we're done. He's like, what do you mean you're done? I went, he did it in 12 minutes and he got a hundred. You can't get a hundred said when you do everything perfectly, you do. <laughs> He's like, I went, I, we, just, we were just sitting there talking because he had finished. It was a 25 minute thing and he did it in 12 or 13 minutes. Perfectly. He did everything. And it also has to be a good day because you can't have to get perfect. You can't even have a wrong button press because that's not perfect anymore. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it, everything's got to fall into place. So you got guys like that and then. You know, you get people that are going on and doing like business stuff and working honestly, like they're really successful, like in publishing or we've got an award winning um, around that same. Well, and all these people, it sounds like how come all these people are successful from like seven years ago? That's just how long it takes before you start seeing success. That's all. So, uh, Dondrea, she's that. an. Yeah, well, it's true. It's it's like. I'm glad you said that. Yeah. And, and, and oh, it's massively like, you know this stuff takes a long it's just like being in like an actor or a oh. movie director it's just it's entertainment and it's you better love this because you know, and that's really what we ask of people you can't stop wow. thinking about music uh, you don't know maybe what it is you want to do but you're obsessed with music and you can't like i'm having the worst day in my life and if i put a song on i love it's done my oh. all problems are gone like if i'm in the car and it's like I, if i hear a song I'm like ah do I ever need this? Or I just hit my thing and tell the, my friggin' phone to put on a song I like. And it's like, yeah. ah, and it's, if you're like that, you're probably, I mean, the work ethic and the, 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 the dedication and the hours and that that's, that's the big stuff, but it just yeah. starts with like, you can't, you're, you're obsessed with music and like, you know, we have an award winning, um, what's, what are they called again? I always forget. Oh, music supervisor, Dondrea. She, um, she did, oh, she used to do Degrassi. She okay. does done a bunch of Netflix films and stuff. Oh, she's done that, that Canadian show, Private Eyes. She's in Los Angeles now, but she does that show. Oddly, she's getting, she's this band new friends that are MIA grads that I'm mixed that Luke worked with there's a song of theirs coming up that's going to be placed on that. And that's because they're MIA grads. Like they have a direct line to her right through us. So wow. you've got a music supervisor, a producer, um, you know, number one Grammy winning um, songwriters. And 
engineers and people behind a desk that are collecting royalties. Uh, that's all the music business. So yeah, yeah, we don't want, I don't want to taint anybody's, um, like, I don't want to tell anybody what they should do. In fact, when the students are in their second year going, man, I don't know what to do. I don't like, I like this, 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 this. I'm like, you're probably going to have to do this, 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 and this <laughs> to survive. Like you're going to have to do five things. Um, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I like that. I like playing guitar, writing, singing. I like making the guitars behind me. I made, I like, wow. I like, I I'm, you don't expect anybody to go that stupid, but I, I like that stuff. Like, I don't care. I, I've never managed cause I hate that part. But other than that, I've done majority of the, Oh yeah. All those things in the music industry. Cause I love it. Like it's not because I was forced to, yeah. but now yeah. You kind of need to, because revenue is going to come from a few places, not, not one place, you know, not right. put out a record and live off the royalties. The, the, that's, yeah. that's old. That that's, that's I mean, it still can happen, yeah. but it's, it's more rare. Right. Um, yeah. and yeah. cause the touring is, is where I make people will make most money, including big bands now. So it's kind of like one part of it to me. <laughs> also, okay. Studio. Yeah. And then the record, obviously, but yes. man, like, um, you are totally right about like the, the five different things, because that's what, um, that, I think that's what the new age of the music industry looks like. You need yeah. to have your shit figured out. Cause nobody's going to want like labels aren't just taking chances as much anymore. No. So if you have some, you have your shit established, more people are going to, going to want to join you. And if you have your shit established, you're going to want to know who you want to work with. It's like you fit our vibe. I feel like you're going to, help bring the band to this next level but i think yeah you're totally right you need yeah everything and it just you, it MIA, used to be MIA. oh yeah well, yeah and and you we've we definitely and this isn't a credit to me this is actually mostly mike roth who teaches at the uh college he he his job was artist development so okay. record companies aren't doing it so well, he might as well do it right he's the one that invented all this performance and artist development at MIA the year wow. before I was, I was full-time. So Mike, he was hired to be a business guy, like teach music business, but your it, music business isn't what it used to be. It's a different business. So knowing that there's a giant gaping hole where artist development used to be, Mike signed our lady peace and developed, um, uh, simple plan and junk house and uh, Chantel Kreviazic and like all things Sony in the nineties. So, wow. um, I mean, Mike has written like a Canadian classic song, actually was a co-writer of that song. Your daddy don't know by, um, Toronto, you know, oh, yeah, but yeah. your mama gonna do to <laughs> Mike co-wrote that. Um, wow. But so, and had a publishing deal and stuff, but he, he, he was at Sony for years. So when he came to do this, it was like, this is missing in the industry. So we're going to do it as opposed to continuing to do what you're, this is a recording contract and these are union dues and that that's over. Like, I don't know anybody who's in the union. I joined the union once to go play gigs in the States for a week. That's yeah. AFM. And I had to, cause I we were going legally. So I had to go do it. And then I never paid my dues again. And I'm not knocking the union. I'm just saying it's not what it used to be that the sort of the necessity of it. So, um, that stuff had changed and Mike's like, you know, and that's when you start seeing Jordan, Havaya, 
uh, Half Moon Run with Devin. You see, like all of a sudden standstills um, I taught in the first year, my first year teaching. Okay. And it's like, and even when they came back and like hosted our awards banquet, I was telling them about the artist development thing and the performance classes. And they're like, oh my God, that's so amazing. I wish we had that when we were there because blah, blah, blah. So, because they were there just before that kind of transition. Yet we didn't remove any of their engineering, the producing, the we at all. So you kind of had to shift the business stuff into more what you're going to need right bloody now. I'm not going to, you know, I need a lawyer to sign a contract. So why do I need to know a contract absolutely inside and out? I need to know them and the terminology and the, how am I going to get paid, et cetera. But to that level, like the old level that we used to teach you that we, you don't need to know that as much anymore. And it's changed so much. So it's, it's pretty cool to see the transition start to pay off when you see, especially Havaya. I keep using that example, but God, like it just keeps blowing up and blowing up for her. And we knew that the second Jordan too, I was like, who's that giant kid playing that tiny (laughs) guitar? Cause you got to see those pictures someday, man. Like his hair's real short and Oh yeah. yeah, Share the, share the land. He's saying, um, Oh, because it was all Jack Richardson produced stuff. He sang uh, Night Moves by Bob Seger. Okay. First of all, it, it's him and Colin. So it's basically Texas King before Texas King. Um, wow. And it's like, it's unbelievably good. And his voice fits it. And it was just his own take on it yet. Super like paid respect to the song. Wow. So he's up there doing that. And you've got Havaya doing her thing. And I'm like, okay, now I know why they aren't doing that great in my engineering class. They don't give a shit about this. Look at them. Yeah. Like you kind of got, like, I'm literally watching rock stars who wow. like, we're going to be able to say, I taught them in like 10 years or whatever. So it's, wow. it's pretty amazing. I mean, the Ar- I mean, the Arkells just took Havaya out because they saw her right. and were like, man, you need to be in a big stage. You're coming to play with us. Like that, that was how easy that was. Like, yeah, yeah. cause they're awesome as people. Um, so it's like, you know, that shift has been pretty awesome, but it's, it's, um, I know again, I'm not, I'm not short on answers. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) you're good. We love it. It's what people get out of it is what, um, they put into it and what they want to get out of it. I don't, we don't care about grades. I mean, you know, you say that and of course people are like, Oh, great. They don't care about grades. Grades obviously show, you know what you're doing, but, um, you don't need to be an A student to do well in the music industry, right? You're, you're right. Um, there are people that, um, were, there are people that I've gotten internships for that like failed their practical engineering. Wow. But you just knew that they're the right kind of person for that gig. And I've, I've also not recommended an A plus engineering student for a job. Wow. And they're like, why? I said, you're kind of an asshole. And they're like, you can talk to me like that. <laughs> like, well, I was in Wait. my first year teaching and I was part time. I, I would not say that now. <laughs> I would say it, but I would I wouldn't say asshole. I, and in fact, I would probably have more conversations throughout the year with them and say, yeah. buddy, dial the shit back. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes wow. that. You've got to be in a room with a person. I think that's going to be uh, a clip. three episodes <laughs> in a row that that topic has come up. Jordan said it. Don't be a dick. Uh, yes. And then I feel like every episode has either been don't be a dick, fake it till you make it. Big one. Lie. Yeah. <laughs> I, know. And you, I know sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, 
was not that don't be a dick. I've, I've looked in our big lecture theater and Mike Roth, who taught Jordan, that's on like a, I don't know, a couple of hundred inch screen. It just says, don't be a dick. And that was a class. And no that was burning, burning bridges is like, um, I'm, I'm, I've probably mistakenly done that. Yeah. Like burn bridges with people, but I don't, not on purpose. I, I, first of all, I, I just don't, I can't hold grudges really. I'm not that kind of person, yeah. but I, I, um, snapping and doing the wrong thing to somebody or being a jerk is just like, it's such a small industry and people don't understand how small when we were joking before, but all the LA people knowing each other, think of how small friggin' like the Canadian industry is first. And people would be like, Oh no, I heard about that guy. Like it would almost follow you wherever you go. And it's going to take you a long time to shed that per that persona. And by the way, this guy has, and he's fine. He's doing well, by the way. And he would probably be the first person to admit he was a dick at school Um, because he was extremely good, but he knew it. Um, you know, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think you, you gotta, you gotta know you're good at something. I think, I think you gotta, yeah, yeah. you know, you, there's gotta be a, I, I'm a, a cross between, I think I'm great at everything and I'm a total fucking fake. Like it depends wow. on which minute yep. <laughs> I'm, yeah. li- I'm literally like working and I'm like, nobody can do what I just did. I'm so great. Like in my head and two seconds later, I'm like, holy fuck. I'm really why are they even calling me to do this? I'm terrible. Like, I'm not kidding. The imposter thing is, and I think that's actually a, a it's pretty normal to be going yeah. like flip-flopping from I'm the greatest it's ever, not really, you know, I'm exaggerating, but oh yeah, yeah. Um, I've, I've screamed like, why do I even own a guitar before okay. down here playing <laughs> you fucking loser? What? So, um, and I'm harder on myself than I am on anybody. Um, absolutely really patient with other people horribly impatient with myself yeah you're like Masiota when it comes to teaching but uh like anakin when it comes to yourself yeah <laughs> I'm I, I, I i have driven a guitar right into the ground before making a mistake at a, at a rehearsal and the, the, the floor was cement and i, oh I literally had I, I just smashed it and all it i all it knocked off was a couple of the little toggle switches and i said to my dad i'm like can you fix this because i it fell over he just looked at me because he had oh, the same temper oh, <laughs> he, he was the same so um yeah. he probably understood that whatever it was i needed to do that at that time <laughs> <laughs> we all have those uh feelings and yeah we've talked about the imposter syndrome number of times it comes up with a it's lot big of yeah it's very um but i think it's a good thing it's uh, it's yes. a humbling thing keeps you in check totally it's just yeah. you keeping yourself in check you just gotta remember i don't know some, i've heard this thing where you know come up with a name for that that voice that's telling you that you're shit you're garbage sell your yep. drums and uh go back to school <laughs> um <laughs> it's but, so true so though but then kyle, <laughs> yeah. my, I named mine kyle. <laughs> so you just gotta be like come on kyle we had a deal we weren't gonna do this anymore <laughs> so, it's just so true. And I've talked to people, you know, you're kind of afraid to say that like early on. Yeah. And I, I'm not, I, I, it's okay to say like, sometimes like I'm extremely confident, like I like not overconfident, just, but I know what I can do well and I yeah. know what I can't do. Like I, I, maybe it's just realistic. Like I think when you're younger, people think you're sort of a, maybe you have a big ego or something. Mm-hmm. It's more like, I know I do that well. Mm-hmm. Because I play it, I hear it back, and I'm like, 
I'd like that if somebody else did it. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not in, in a, not in a, Kanye Noel Gallagher way like where you just go dude like calm down like you know what I mean but you, you're just it's more being self-aware but you also are aware of what you suck at and right. of when you when you're good at something yet you did it really badly like yeah you know what I mean like I, I know I'm good at this but wow that I suck at this mix or like what was I thinking this is terrible and not being hard to me I'm just being kind of realistic. Like I can, I think I can look at it and go, yeah, I was on that day or wow was, I can't believe I got paid to do this. <laughs> you know, you know, you've done it. You've played gigs and collectively it seems to be okay when a band collectively, cause you're kind of saying it to each other. Yeah. You can yeah. go, Holy fuck. Were we on? Yeah. And then, Ooh, that was a stinker. Like yeah. it's okay. And so it's also okay to know you were on and you were really good. And, and some yeah. people seem to, be put off sometimes by people like that, but that's who's successful. Like yeah. you do have to know when you're good at something. It's okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. not, you don't want to, you don't want to bleed that all the time. You don't want to like show that to the world at all times. Like right. or talk about it. That, that's, but that's a Canadian thing. I think it just being a, yeah. a bit more humble. <laughs> and I think, yeah, yeah. Hmm. No, it's best if you can keep What's it to up? yourself. So like, we talked a lot about like how the music industry has changed over the years, especially like since you started producing to now, like, you know, Hey, we're going to fly this band up from Las Vegas with all their gear for three months up in London. Oh, we're going to fly you first class versus yeah. nowadays where it's just like, Hey, you got a zoom connection. I'll give me control of your console. So how does yeah. it feel knowing like your career, how much you've seen it changed for you? What's it kind of feel they like? I think the only good, the only good thing, but I shouldn't say it that way. The, the good part about it is it's shifted with me. Luckily, like I don't have the drive to like, just being honest. Like I did that every single day. Oh, for the first 15 years, it was probably six to seven days a week, Hustle. Uh, 15 hours a day. Yeah. Like, I would do two bands in a day. Like I would do finish like a grueling vocal session and then seven, I'd eat quickly, eat some chips and some coffee and a guy'd come in at seven yeah. and it was calling home going, when are you going to be home? I, I, I'm, I don't know when this guy's done. Yeah, like, yeah. And that's, but that's, that's really hard on you. I'm not yeah. kidding. That's like, yeah. you're trying to like live a normal life too. Cause I, I liked normal. Like I liked, I wanted to be my dad and my favorite producer. And it turns out that's hard <laughs> um, because they, they don't coexist that. very well, you know? Yeah. So, um, as, uh, the remote thing happens, mixing in your house, overdumbing in my house, gears smaller yet never sounded better in some cases, some of the stuff, old stuff's better, but so yeah. I'm in this situation now where I can do what I'm doing and that's actually kind of the way now. Yeah. So it's the way people are setting up and doing it yet. That's the way I want to do it now. So it's, I'm, yeah. I'm lucky in at my age that I started, I had the energy at 18 to, Oh, you know, I think, when I started to not slow it down a bit, but kind of be more selective would have been like maybe 2010, maybe around the Juno time. Mm -hmm. So we're talking, yeah. that's a good from 1987 <laughs> till that's a good length of time to just work and work and yeah. work, but I loved it. Yep. So, um, 
and the teaching things very similar, by the way, it's the, you're just instantly, it's the same thing to me. Right. I, I, I just get this much satisfaction out of it. Um, so luckily it changed with, with my needs too. It's almost like it, you know, if I was expected to mix a song, I'd have to go to a studio, sit down, you know, tape, set up a big console, patch all the gear in work there all day. And if I didn't get it that day, well, I had to, because it's an analog console, we had to tear everything down. Right. I yeah. No, if I'd like that anymore, like the, I used to say that, no, 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 that sucks. Start to finish. I want to start time. I want to finish time. Cause it puts pressure on me to get it done that day. And nobody wants that anymore. Right. I send them a mix now and they go, this is sounding really good. And I'm like, sounding no it sounds and it's complete by the way buddy <laughs> this is so people kind of assume that this is a, when am i going to get a first draft i'm like don't do drafts man you get mixes <laughs> like I, <laughs> because people are people have gotten kind of used to the like uh, here's what i'm going here's where i'm going i'll tell people that if I'm looking for suggestions, if it's like, listen, I, here's where I'm headed. Let me know if I'm headed in the right direction. But I, mm -hmm. I rarely do that because it's not presented well enough yet. So I'm not presenting something that they can interpret properly yet. So all they're going to say is what's this? Cause I'm, I can see what I want it to be. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. not done yet. So I, I, man, I, I, I like it kind of, yeah. I feel for, um, people thinking like younger people right now thinking that the, that's the way to make music, like, mm, yeah. because going into a room with people, um, and, and I'm not even, and that's nothing against like smaller or local studios, but I mean, going into like a multi-million dollar room where literally everything's the best in everything, right? There's nothing like that. There, <laughs> yeah there it's it's like you're going to a luxury hotel right. and you're like everything's perfect everything's great and you don't worry and it's it's um there's something to that like yeah. it makes you kind of play better and you feel mm -hmm. better about everything and then totally. the sounds are better and then they're better at, like it's it's all like a a, a really good thing that happens. Okay. Um, so when people sort of think like, well, can you play this guitar part and send it to me and I'll do this and I'll do that. And then you'll do this and you'll sing your backups. Like it's, it's cool. I think it's like a replacement right now, but I, it's, it does nothing like energy of people in a room. Totally. Um, yeah. when people make a mistake or an accident happens, you're like, what was that? Fuck. That's yeah. great. And that you, you know, you're in a band, you, you know, when, when you rehearse, shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. That, that yeah. happened in recordings and it's, uh, you know, it's kind of Dave Grohl's point in sound city, although it gets sort of grossly misrepresented or something. I don't know. It's really weird. Like pro tools is the devil or I like, I want this console. We need to, it's all, it's kind of a weird movie, but yeah, yeah. kind of awesome at the yeah. same time. Um, but the real lesson of course is people in a room feeding off each other, that is like, it makes you do something you wouldn't have normally done. Or he, he writes a song and records it in one day with Paul McCartney and Dave Grohl's playing drums and his, he's, he's like a kid. Right. And wow. you know, he looks wow. at, he looks at Paul McCartney is like, man, I wish it was always this easy. And Paul McCartney yeah. goes, it is because it is for him, wow. <laughs> which is fucking awesome. First of all, but yeah, it's that like ins inspiration thing. Yeah. Um, is hard to discount. So I actually feel for people who are doing like a track at a time with, 
and, and not, you know, and I've been guilty of that too. Like, you're just like, don't, we just got to make sure we get the drums. Don't worry about it. You made a mistake. Ah, fuck it. You just made a mistake. Who cares? We'll play your bass tomorrow. It's so easy to do that. Um, wow. and then I'm watching, oh, I mean, I, I obsessively watch any kind of music, like YouTube clips, documentaries. I don't care what kind of music it is. And I was watching a thing with <laughs> interview with Steve Lukather from Toto. I mean, oh, he's played on a trillion game. records, right? Let's talk. And, Let's talk. and he goes, he goes like, like, he's like, um, all those records were so slick and stuff. And that's just the overdubs, tons of overdubs, but bass, drums, guitar, piano, it's just played. They played together. Well, and at the end of it, they, they'd always go like Jeff Porcaro would say, well, fuck man, I'm done. Cause he'd always play it once and he was better than everybody else. But it was like, you got a couple of notes to punch in, you know, you fix your part, you fix your part, but that's it. So their vocals will be added. Of course, all the orchestra shit or whatever the overdubs are. But when you, 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 you almost forget that that's how, what people did. Like, um, somebody asked Garth one time, how'd you get fleas bass sound? Cause, um, mother's milk Gar Garth right. did. Yeah. And he said, um, it's flea. I put a mic on it. I, what, <laughs> what the hell was I supposed to Right, And that's flea, just the I truth, right? <laughs> yeah. I put a mic in his amp and he said he punched in once to fix something. That's yeah. awesome. So he made one fix. I'm not saying he played everything one take, but they would play together, play together. It's like, that's the take. There was one time when they kept a take, he had to go in and punch. Other than that, it's just flea playing the bass. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just people playing music and it's like, and then they, I think they said to him, well, what, why, um, why was it? You think guitar solos like disappeared for a while? Like they were just not cool and people didn't play them. And he said, man, they were just signing cats that couldn't play. <laughs> it's just true. <laughs> it's like they could write songs, not disrespectful. Like, yeah, they yeah. could write great songs, but they, they just couldn't play that well. Like, right. you know what I mean? So they just were playing within their limits or whatever. But if you wow, can't play that, you yeah. don't play it. Like, it, yeah. So it's just, it's sort of, you know, anytime I've ever brought students or, or grads or anything to a big session, go to Noble Street or something and where it's, it's, you know, sort of top, 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 top level. And, um, they don't want to leave. And I'm, I'm like, see this. And they're like, what did you do to the bass drum? And I went, nothing. I put it through that thing. That thing sounds like that <laughs> or whatever, like you, minimal work. Right. So yeah. it, if you, once you, if you can indoctrinate like every young producer and engineer, if you showed them what happens in that kind of environment, wow. people wouldn't go, well, I just need an $80 mic and a, a laptop and like my shitty interface. And cause you know, <laughs> so I'm looking at my shitty interface. right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah. well, well, I mean, you'll be saying, and it's like, actually that mic sounds good and it does, but if you have 80 tracks of it or 40 tracks of it, it, it starts to show its yeah. grossness or, you know, I, you know, symbols yeah. to me sound like shit and with low ceilings, like uh, they bounce off. It sounds kind of ugly. It sounds funny. Interesting. So, I'm looking at my shitty low ceilings right now, and I'm wondering why my drums sound like shit. <laughs> well, I mean, I just find they sound like weird and like I was just saying metallic. Fuck, they're made of metal. But you 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 know what I mean, right? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, a cheapness or something. I can't quite put my finger on it. I listen to something, I'm mixing, I'm like, ah, fuck, they recorded this in a house. There's, like, yeah, you know. There's also to like uh, add to that as a drummer playing in this basement feels fucking weird like i don't feel like i'm on fire when i'm in no um, yeah um oh oh there you are good good yeah we're back 
Okay, perfect. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't feel that great playing in this basement for whatever reason. I've got it like sound baffles galore to help the neighbors. But when I'm in a nice studio and I feel the room, the energy, there's something that oh, yeah. happens. You you just something. I don't know what it is. Well, you, what am I? Oh, I was gonna say you. you we we did that um, um, chandelier like those three songs, and we used uh, yep, Kemper yep. amp, which is great. That was easy. Yeah. It was extremely convenient. We had to do it that way because it was cheap and we had to do it at a house. There's no yeah. better way yeah. to get a quick guitar sound in a house than that thing. But within like six months of that, I'd owned it for seven years. I got rid of it. I, I'm sitting in a, wow. I'm sitting right now with like the most ridiculous pedal board and like a bunch of tube amps which I got yeah. rid of. Like I got rid of all that shit. And then there's something about when you go to play it's the same thing as what you're just talking about. Um, it's not that the sound is wrong or the sound is bad. It's just that I, the, the reaction, like I feel like playing the guitar and I have fun. Yeah. Like I play something yeah. and I'm like, that sound wouldn't come out of a fake amp. Like there's some kind of, yeah. not, it's not like when I say feedback, I don't mean like, Ooh, I just mean like the thing that happens between your pickups and an amp and a, and I'm like, and you feel it on a stage, you know, it's big and you play a note and you're like, holy fuck, I'm God, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> or you hear your Kemper through in-ears and you're just like, bzz, 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 bzz. <laughs> I'm like, that's not the same. Like there's a thing in an environment and that's what sort of gets mi missed a little with the recording part too. It's just like, and now it's, it's necessary because people are saving money. It's a lot right. cheaper to do. And of course this last year and a half we had to and stuff. I just, you, you just kind of hope that people can see the other side of it. Cause lots of people still make really big records that proper way. Or I say proper way. There are some records that should be made. Billy Eilish's first record should have been made at their house. There's no better place that that record should have been made because they're both geniuses and, and they, yeah. they needed that environment. Yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean that we're all supposed to make records like that now or something. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it's just, it's, and I don't, I, I, it's, I, I love technology, but I don't want to sound like an old man at the same time, you know? Right. Yeah, right. Like that's like one of my favorite things about sound city in the dock when they're just like, you know, if people who are like, you need to be in the studio, you need to do it this old way. And then he records a song with Trent Reznor where he's just like, and then there's Trent who uses technology, not as a crutch, but as a, as a way to, how can we manipulate this to get this as an instrument? Yeah. Oh, and, and one of the best at it ever. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's like, uh, it's not here. send me your stuff. I'll play a cool thing on it and I'll send it back. Yes. That works. Honestly, I, I, I have the record I'm talking about that I did. Um, I can't talk about or whatever is I had at, um, Ash Sohn play on, it. you know, Ash, um, you, you may have seen him on Instagram. Um, he actually plays his studios in the base of a windmill, an old windmill in England. Um, at, look him up because he's played, he played in Rolling in the Deep, Adele. He's played with oh, wow. like uh, a, a, just a million. He was, he toured with Shane O'Connor. Um, oh, just a bunch of people. Crazy good, like unbelievable good drummer, but it's not that it's not the chops. It's his, he records himself, his sounds and his approach wow. uh, like it's so i i wanted him like i would have if i could have i just would have flown there um but he wow. does it himself that way 
So it was a back and forth, you know, try this kind of thing, try this. It was mostly just on the phone. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the, um, the playing is so good. It's inspiring. Like that's different. Cause I'm like, there's no other way I could get that person. And he's used to it like crazy. Um, whereas, you know, he would probably still rather, well, he does, he'll go to Abbey road and play drum track or go to, you know, that there's, and that's like nothing like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even him, it's like, ah, I mean, you're sort of in your natural habitat when you're in those rooms, you know? Mm. Man, I think you've inspired me to maybe like try to mess around with this room a little bit. There's just something. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know what it is. Drums, drums need air. That that's all, you know? And of course they're loud. So they, (laughs) they need, they also need the, uh, they need to be toned down too, which, which sort of sucks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But But that's okay. Um, Dan, man, we want to thank you so much. much, We haven't no problem like this in a while. And it was just, intriguing and exciting the whole time. time. So the other interviews have been exciting as well, too. I'm not knocking on anybody, <laughs> um, but this was a great interview and thank you so much for sharing. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. I love doing stuff like this. Yeah, this was great. And um, we hope to see you soon. Colin says, absolutely. Hi. Oh, um, yeah, one more oh, oh, you talked about yes. 100 oh. Jordan. Uh, you know, paid people to help him out. <laughs> what was Colin like in the student? Yeah, how was that going, dude? You know what? I taught four. I taught four. There's six groups, right? I taught four, like six groups of twenty ish. Okay. I taught four in my second year, and Rob Nation used to teach the other two. Rob okay. teaches all six now because it's less hours, blah blah blah. And I teach. I I actually know everybody because I lectured everybody now, but I didn't okay. then. Okay. And so. I only knew Colin, like I didn't teach him. So oh, like I, okay. I technically okay. did, I think in the lecture, but he would have been sitting in the, you know, just sitting there listening when there's a hundred people in a room. I mean, you're not oh, really, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's, it's actually unfortunate. I, I, but I, I actually taught Phil, like I was his professor and, and Jordan, but Colin, I mean, we knew each other well. And, and when he was in, in first year, I mean, I knew Colin's dad. A little bit. Oh, okay. Darcy. He was, he was a, he, Darcy was a customer of my dad's store. Um, and he also was a, like, he taught for a little bit. My brother-in-law, Corey, who's a drummer, a great drummer, um, yeah. um, when he was younger and stuff. So it's, it's fun. Well, it's, that's when you know, you're old when you start teaching like people, you know,'s kids, it's, <laughs> it's, it's happened to me a few times. Oh, that happened to me once about four, four years ago. I think it was four years ago. One guy puts up his hand. He's like, you went to high school with my dad. And I went, what? Yeah. Tim Lockwood. He was, in, I was like, Oh fuck. Um, <laughs> like it just was like, so, cause you still kind of think you're on the same, like you're sort of the same age almost as the students, but I'm 54 this like a few months and they're like 18. Oh, okay, <laughs> We're not close. Right. We gotta have oh, a, a on how, to, how to keep the youthful look, man. Cause uh, music. Music. music whoa there it yeah. is oh and man we we had la- last thing we had a i had a, a like a not a reunion sort of a high school reunion like a 75th anniversary of my high school a few years back and i decided to go and um talking to this girl and, and she was like you were in like you were, you were, you were, I think you were in grade nine when I was like in grade 12. Right. I went, 
No, I was in grade 12 when you were in grade nine. Like you're <laughs> a lot younger than me. And um, she's like, what? Remember us in that band that she's like, oh yeah, whatever. Right. So me and my, this other buddy, who's a yeah. pretty successful actor and also voice actor. Oh, um, he's, and um, so he's done a bit of voice stuff. Plus he's using he that monkeys movie. He was in like that, I think American history acts. I think he was in and oh, American my. psycho, no American psycho. Um, okay. But he's done some like, Oh, he was in it. Remember, remember it. Yeah, 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 yeah. The recent, the recent it. He was the okay. that, that that kid's really mean father. That was, um, oh no way! Creepy, creepy, fucking awful guy. It was a friend of mine that went to South in London. Um, and Steve, he was like me and him both. In our opinions, we were like we looked a lot younger than the people that were younger than us. Cause we both loved what we did for a living. Like I had buddies that were, that were like insurance salesmen and bald. And I was like, dude, you gotta get a job. You like, <laughs> this is, cause I was working, like working, 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 but I love what I did. So I, I, Honestly, I think that's like massive with people. Like I know 65 year olds that are still touring, you know, like 60 something Marco who tours with God, he's playing bass with journey. Now he was, he was in Dolores's band and he, he had to replace the bass player. You know, you know, people are uh, getting older and when bands are old, when the, you have to replace a guy who's getting back surgery, but, um, <laughs> um, just, I found Randy Jackson, he was getting back surgery. So he replaced him, but it's like, um, Marco, I'm sure you can see he's aging, but Marco's in his sixties and all he does is tour with huge bands playing bass that like, wow. it's gotta be 30 straight years of, just never stops band from band to band, thin Lizzie to white snake to all these bands, but it's literally like, um, yeah. uh, so I, I think that's what it is. I think people who love what they do for a living, um, you can see it. Right. Yeah. And maybe yeah. some good genes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. man. That's, uh, uh that's, well, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Thanks you very so much, much, man. man. No um, problem. Thank you. And we yeah. can't wait to hear this unannounced project that you can't talk. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could say something, and I don't want to be a dick. I hate that saying that kind of stuff. But you did ask what I was doing, and it's taking up a lot of my time and stuff. But <laughs> it, it's it's uh, you'll understand why. By the way, it's not you'll understand why it, I couldn't say anything. The, the people that played on it had to like sign non disclosure agreements and stuff too. You'll you'll get it. You, when, as soon as it's you know why you hear it, you'll be like, oh, I. I get it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it's, and it'll make sense to you that I did it. Put it that way. You're in Ghost now, aren't you? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> secret member in Ghost. <laughs> yeah. Joking. What that? I'm just making a joke. Nobody thinks. Yes. Yeah. That is not true. Going around. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, well, thank you very much. And we'll talk to you. No problem at all. All right. Well, Dan Broadbeck, thank you once again for coming onto the show and talking to us about your career. Um, very insightful and very just fun talking with him. I had a lot of fun doing this. It was so much fun. And like, I got to witness him work a bit um, when you guys were recording with him and I got to kind of see how that was. Oh yeah. And then, you know, being able to see him like, have this actual like conversation with him right now even better yeah. great guy yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. Well, that was a long episode, so we won't keep you much longer. Um, we just want to say thank you all so much for listening. And uh, we've got more episodes. And, you know, make sure to uh, subscribe on Spotify, uh, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, yeah. Yeah, no one took my lines I normally say. So thanks for listening, everyone. Check it out. <laughs> And um, have just a great day. Yes. Enjoy. Enjoy life. Yes. Perfect. Bye, everyone.